Well, welcome back to Infant Rabbit Hole, everybody. Today, uh, we've got a couple firsts here. I got CJ, my new co-host, with me today. CJ, how you doing, man? I'm I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I had a crazy day, but now I'm here. So, well, how do you feel, man? First time uh, jumping in on Infinite Rabbit Hole episode as a co-host. I'm super excited. You, you can tell by my voice. I, I really can't, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So moving on, we have a special guest on the podcast today. We have Declassified Dave from the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour podcast. Good friends of ours here at Infinite Rabbit Hole. This is Dave's first time showing up on our show and definitely won't be the last. Dave, how you doing, man? Good. I'm, I'm doing well. This is actually my first time ever on anybody else's show other than ours. So sweet. It's pretty cool. Right on, man. Well, I'm happy to be your first dude, really. Oh, yeah, that's the only reason I uh, I accepted the job. I heard Hush Hush was coming on. I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dave, I know we had Mike on earlier in our first season, and we talked about interdimensional beings and extraterrestrials. We're going to go down a little bit of a different path today with you. We're going to be talking about an urban legend that's kind of not local to anything, but kind of worldwide. You ready for that? Definitely ready for that. So... Mike did a good job at explaining like the past of the Hush Hush Society. What's your uh, your angle there for the Hush Hush Society? It was something that Mike and I actually talked about about like maybe a year and a half ago. And he was doing quite on the set. And we talked about it. He got busy with that. Nothing happened. And then right around, I think, April, right after kind of COVID came into full swing. Yeah. We had a conversation and his Frankie, his is actually his younger brother. We were all just talking and it's just like, Hey, let's actually start this. So we started making artwork and formulating a name. The, the actual name that we had originally was, I think declassified Dave's and mystery Mike's hush, hush society conspiracy hour Ooh. featuring slick Frank Sanders and there was supposed to be like almost like a Muppets style, the Mollywop band. <laughs> it was really supposed to be something that was just out there. And then we kind of toned that down and the Mollywop band never became anything. So <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty funny. I think you guys did the right path, man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. A hundred percent. Your, your title should fit on one page. Yes. Yeah. It was like, a hundred characters. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Gosh, that tag on fun. Twitter would have been insane. Yeah, you wouldn't have been able to do it. It would have been the entire like tweet. <laughs> well, good. You guys landed with a good name. It's a good podcast, man. I've urged a lot of people to go and see your stuff. I've mentioned you on a couple other podcasts. In fact, I just recorded on his name's Dave Thundercloud, and he's a Bigfoot researcher. And I, I mentioned you guys on his podcast, too. I'm not exactly sure when that comes out. It should be out soon. And he was like, dude, I, gotta, I definitely got to reach out to those guys, too. So, you know, if you if you hear from anybody named Dave Thundercloud, that's a that's a reference by me. Just uh, keep my uh, my VIP points going, if you don't mind. He oh, said rep sure. the set. Rep the set. <laughs> we rep you guys all the time. Like, we definitely want to do some type of collaboration in the near future where we can have everybody on here you know and like just it, it we've been talking so it's we yeah. could uh we could make that uh a whole event get the cryptotechnical guys on here too just have like Ooh. just like 
10, 12 people in the chat. Oh, it'd just be mass chaos. It'd be <laughs> awesome. We could call it like the Royal Rumble. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, would, we would make like podcast history if we kept that under control. We yeah, can't. If we were There's no way. <laughs> no way. Yeah. No. We can't do it. She's <laughs> got the thing. He's like, Who knows? Nah. We'll, Anyways. we'll talk about it. I think we could do it. <laughs> Anyways, hush hush, infinite rabbit hole. We work together. That's what we do. Dave, I'm really excited to have you on, man. Now we just need to get Slick Frank Sanders on and we'll have the whole crew at some point. Frankie's attainable. We 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 can get him on here and he'd love to do it. He was a lot of fun on the declassified discussions that I do with with other folks about UFO sightings and paranormal stuff and you guys were talking about the uh, triangle UFOs in Connecticut, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I mean, definitely check it out. It's it's a it's a YouTube exclusive for us. But I don't want to get too into depth about it. But I've had an experience twice in Connecticut where seen the the black triangle pretty close above my car. I had something similar in Florida too. We'll we'll get together and talk about that one day. For now, I mean, you ready to get into some urban legend? Yes. Today on Infinite Rabbit Hole, we're going to be talking about one of the biggest, most broad-reaching urban legends in the history of the world. We're talking about the Black-Eyed Children today. Dave, when I reached out to you and we talked a little bit about doing the Black-Eyed Children, you said you had to do a little research. Is this your first time hearing about it? No, but it it's my, it was my first time actually like sitting down and seeing what it was all about. CJ, how much of this do you know? Uh, I probably, I think the first time I heard about this was, oh man, it's gotta be at least five or six years ago. I think that's was on Creepypasta. I think that was where I was at the first time I read a Black Eyed Children's story. But yeah, I mean, the, the, the stories are pretty consistent in their description of what they do with like mild variances. That's the creepiest thing about the Black Eyed Children is that most of these stories are very consistent. We're going to go over a bunch of them. Dave, I know you got a ton of them today, which I'm happy about. Thank you, by the way. But most of these stories are very consistent. Deals with you know the same amount of kids, same kind of situations. All of them extremely creepy and a situation that I don't ever want to find myself in. So what do you, what do you say, guys? Dive right in real quick? Yeah. yeah. I'll jump right into it. Cool. All right, so today we'll be talking about our first urban legend, that, of course, being the stories and the lore behind the Black-Eyed Children. The lore of the Black-Eyed Children is thought to have begun in 1996 in the state of Texas. On his paranormal mailing list, reporter Brian Bethel told two stories of his encounters with the terrifying Black-Eyed Children. His first encounter happened on January 16, 1998 in Abilene, Texas, as he was in his parked car by the movie theater. As he was filling out a check for his utilities, since the drop box was next to the theater, he heard a soft tapping at his window. When Brian looked up, he noticed two young boys at his driver's side window. Immediately, Mr. Bethel held a sudden fear run over him. Before Brian was able to say anything, the older boy began asking for a lift to their house so that they can get money to see a movie. Brian said that the boys repeatedly said things like, come on, mister, just let us in, and we're just young boys. Brian had to physically stop his own hand from unlocking the car after one of the children instructed him to do so. After looking up at the boys, he noticed that both children had deep jet black eyes with no color whatsoever. Immediately after making eye contact, 
the older boy began screaming and attempting to force the car door open and slamming into the window. The younger boy remained silent. Brian drove off as fast as he could. Now, many people have regarded his stories as simply the oldest forms of what is now referred to what CJ was talking about, creepypastas. Although he claims to this day that the stories are true, as well as claims that a friend of his from Portland, Oregon, also had similar experiences, many people say that these are simply the very first incarnations of what you're seeing in creepypastas. So what do you guys think? Creepypasta or urban legend? Uh, you know, I did a little research like back before the 90s, and there is a couple like paintings I, I want to say from the 1700s or so where there's children with jet black eyes. I forgot exactly where I saw it, but I dove down the rabbit hole for a couple hours one day and was just like, wow, there's actually like accounts of this before this, you know, the creepypasta one is, is, is the one that's this Brian Bethel, I guess, mainstream it's talked about. Yeah. But I was, I was pretty, pretty shocked to find out that there was actually something older but i guess not really shocked because we believed in you know demons and ghosts and vampires and all those things beforehand and now so what do you think cj you think we're uh we're dealing with something real or are we dealing with something not real i think both regarding the the ones from like hundreds of years ago it could be it could be related but i don't i don't feel like it would be too much of a coincidence for the same story to have been told uh, at separate intervals in time because there really isn't much scarier on the planet than children especially ones that might be possessed by demons or something true you're a dad too and you understand you'll be getting a glass of water and you'll turn around and the tiny terror will be right there behind you and you will <laughs> drop the glass of water you just got because they scared the shit out of you. So I, 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 I kind of feel like that the two aren't really related. They were just a coincidental retelling uh, using the same concept. I guess, I guess in nowadays culture, you would call that a trope, but I kind of feel like it started really as a creepypasta from uh, that guy whose name I can't remember. Um, <laughs> Brian Bethel. That guy, the yeah. yeah, the the author of the mailing list, um, started as a story from there. Spreads, people start making up their own stories about it, and then you get something called the tulpa effect. If you're familiar with a tulpa is tulpa is the the spirit that is brought to life because multiple people start believing in it, right? Yeah, culminated, no, yeah, culminated a uh, mass belief uh, and fear typically feeds them as well. Hmm. that's not to be confused with the tulpa what they call a tulpa in the craft of tulpa mancy that's a different concept uh altogether i'm not talking about like the actual um like paranormal indian it's it, it comes from india uh but yeah tulpas so you hmm. take this story spread around a mailing list people get it they tell their friends about it their friends don't realize they're on a mailing list now their friends believe them and then the story spread from there and then there's always the bandwagon jumper so that happened to me too here's my story and then now you have a whole you have the internet which spreads that to millions of people and we're talking about spirits that could be created by just a village believing in them that's an interesting way to look at this so now that we kind of dived into the initial story of the black eyed children, how they kind of came onto this, the scene, let's talk a little bit about the characteristics of the, of the urban legend itself. 
So the legend of the black eyed children resolves around two or three children showing up at night and requesting entry into your house, car, or any other structure that you may be in. These children are usually dressed in clothing that is torn and dirty, sometimes from a, a generation or multiple generations prior. Uh, old clothing, I guess you can say. Most stories claim to have one boy and one girl, although multiple stories have also had both female and both male, or two female, one male, and vice versa. Ages usually ranging from 6 to 16. One child is usually older than the other, giving the victim the idea that these are siblings. It starts with a gentle knock on a door, window, or such, usually at unfavorable hours of the night. I know a lot of the stories that I've personally read, these children show up at what's known as the witching hour, or the 3 a.m. to 4 a.m. hour. But many stories will differ, but usually don't start before 11 p.m. Once they have your attention and you have answered your door, they request entry into your house to use your phone, ask for a ride home, request food, or use your bathroom. Victims of the black-eyed children usually detail them as having a very monotone voice and demeanor, as if they are lacking a personality. They never look at you and wearily hide their eyes from the person who they're trying to talk to. If denied, they raise their heads, revealing black, whiteless eyes, and begin to start yelling and threatening. Many people believe that they cannot gain access to your material property without your acknowledgement. That's something that you're going to see a lot in a lot of these stories is that the black eyed children cannot get into what they're requesting to get into unless they have your permission, which is kind of tied into vampires too, right? Isn't that kind of the lore with vampires? Uh, I mean, it goes for other things too, not just vampires. Cool. We'll get in that in a little bit. Little is known about what actually happens if you let them in. Uh, only a handful of stories exist about people granting them access into their homes. And it usually ends with a very threatening experience or death of the resident. Most encounter stories remain mostly consistent with very little varying details about the children or the encounter. Most differences come from the places that they are attempting to gain access to, such as a car or house. Some encounters describe them wearing nice clothes, other than the older clothes as previously mentioned. And sometimes you have more than two children one very consistent detail about the encounter is that the person that answers the call is usually met with extreme sadness and dread immediately before the encounter begins and takes several days for the feeling to go away. That's pretty much all I have about the, the description of the urban legend of the black-eyed children. Dave, what you got, man? So you mentioned consistency. I've got a few stories that I found and I mean, they're all on the internet, so the credibility of them. I mean, one like one was found on Reddit, <laughs> and you know, a, a couple couple were here and there, like poking through articles. And so I have, I have this one story that somebody from Vermont in 2016 actually. The, most of the stories that I have today are pretty uh, recent. This one was a woman who had not only encountered the black eyed children, but made the mistake of actually allowing them into her home. Ooh. So, yeah. So she she claimed to live in Vermont and it was a blizzard. So the story is kind of already like extreme. You're like, oh, like Vermont blizzard, normal. But she didn't give her name either. So it's a little iffy. But nonetheless, this story with the consistency and everything else that goes with it, this 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 is probably the best one I have. But she let them in, and 
it was about a year before that she reported it in 2015 and she heard i guess a, a, a slight knocking on her front door of her house she went to the door she looked outside and she saw footprints leading to the house and she felt a little unnerved so she awoke her husband so like can you imagine looking out the window and being like yo those footprints weren't there an hour ago right <laughs> yeah that's that's super sketchy little ones too right i'm guessing yeah i would imagine i would imagine they were probably like <laughs> Like, can you imagine not seeing adult footprints? Like, kid, like, you, like you guys said before, kids are scarier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they you know. are. They're, they're yeah, still, I told you, <laughs> they're way scarier. So she answered the door, and two children were on the doorstep—a boy and a girl, like you had said—and she noticed them around eight years old. And the woman recalled that they were not dressed at all for the cold conditions that they were in, and felt instantly unnerved. So, again, it's it's very consistent with some of the other ones. She invited him in. I don't know why she would do that. Such a rookie move. Like because she's <laughs> old and her yeah. grandma's senses were tingling. She was like, oh, shit, kids in the cold. Come on, come on. Yeah, get it, here. It, it gets better, though. She's such a nice lady. She She brought them in. She sat them down in the living room, and she noticed how, like, one of her cats was actually hissing at one of them. And she offered them to make them hot cocoa. Which, great detail. What a nice lady she is, you know, to warm them up. And their reply was, quote, our parents will be here soon, end quote. Ooh. That's that's super weird. So <laughs> yeah. I, would, I would have been like, uh-huh. Then how <laughs> yeah. were you lost? <laughs> like, So she went in the kitchen, got her hot cocoa, came back. And they looked up at her when she gave them the, the mugs and noticed that their eyes were jet black balls and she stared at them in horror and I guess froze up for a second. So when you, when you mentioned that they might ask to go to the bathroom, they, they asked to go to the bathroom, which is super strange. And a couple minutes later, after they went to the bathroom, her husband's nose actually started bleeding and then the power went out. So like this story just gets like creepier and creepier. And when she went to go get her husband a tissue, she noticed both of the children standing at the end of the hall. I guess I, I would imagine like the shining. Oh, that's that's the exactly what popped in my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they were motionless and staring at her. And then they said, our parents are here. And they walked out the front door. No. So, <laughs> yeah. So here's something that kind of, I want to say that I don't know if like we can go paranormal route because this kind of coincides a little bit with, a few things that we recently talked about with the men in black and yeah. even hollow earth. So it got, it gets even stranger when she went to close the door, I guess nonchalantly just like, Oh, bye kids. Like uh, she saw them get into a black car with two tall men, both dressed in suits. Men in so, black. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's weird. You know, obviously new England has a lot of UFO activity. Yes. And yes, yes. So, yeah. So this kind of goes a little bit into the men in black stuff, but in our men in black debriefing and in the hollow earth debriefing that we did, we talked about the Daros. Yeah. So a little bit of that. And then like the shaver mystery with Richard Sharp shaver. And he claimed that oh, there was a superior 
prehistoric race that had built a system of caves within the earth and their descendants known as the Daros live there still. And they use their flying machines abandoned by other ancient races to torment those living to torment us on the surface. So I guess like a whole UFO conspiracy type of thing, but it goes hand in hand with both of those. If those kids are showing up and they get into a car like that, that connects me with UFO activity completely do the men in black strictly monitor ufo activity i thought they were like overall things that need to be pushed under the rug situation from what we got out of it it was everything that we found that had to do with it came within somebody who had experienced some type of ufo activity except for one that was just really strange was actually like a youtube video me and mike were explaining it and we both kind of connected on it. We're like, oh, we remember that video where it was some girl talking to two guys. And it could have totally be fake, but it was a girl talking to two guys. And then I guess she pulled a gun on them. And then she put the gun down and then just left with them. It was, it was really strange. I think oh, it was in like... That was, was like a Canada hotel or, or something, right? Yeah, it was like a lobby. It was a lobby of some some business. That was the strangest video. There, There's tons of theories as to what these things can be, right? Obviously, we look at this and we say this is an urban legend, but let's just let's go down the rabbit hole real quick. Let's talk about if a being such as these black eyed children exist, what can they be? And we'll start off with a lot of people believe that these could be alien beings. And I like how that ties into the, the men in black. So let's talk about something real quick. Has either of you guys heard of something called screen memories? Oh, that sounds familiar. I have not. I would like to be enlightened. Okay. So I'm not going to get too too far into it because, uh, spoiler alert, we actually have an episode on the list to be done at some point about screen memories. So I'm just going to dive into it real quick here. Screen memories are when, the you know, the gray aliens, instead of you seeing an, a gray alien, you're seeing something different, such as an owl. That was That's the screen memory that was used in that, that movie with uh, Mila Djokovic, the... Uh, uh, what's it called about the Alaskan UFO abduction cases? Uh, it's the f- the fourth kind, I believe it's called. Oh man, that's old. I haven't seen that in forever. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yes. The fourth kind. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. Okay. So you know how they kept tying in the, the lore of the white owl, the snow owl in with how this could be what's visually seen as these people are being abducted by aliens. That is a screen memory. So could these little children be a screen memory projecting children in place of actual gray aliens coming to your front door? Why would they use awful bottomless pit black eyes though? They have awful bottomless pit black eyes. Maybe it's something that they can't hide. But if it's a screen memory that then you would either need something telepathic or technological to create that right so either way it would be visualized or a conceptualized art before it would be implanted they would need a design team or something like that well okay so they say that the the gray aliens which are known as the zeta reticulans look at that i right. tied another i tied another one of their episodes in there another debriefing <laughs> in there. another one for them um the zeta reticulans or is it zeta reticulans i don't know how you want to pronounce it are supposed to be like these all-knowing, powerful beings with extremely good psychic abilities. Who knows? I mean, part of the theory is that 
they can project something in front of you without you even knowing this whole screen memory kind of revolves around the Zeta reticulans. I mean, maybe they, they have the ability to do it. Right. But when they use that, that telepathy, they would still have to visualize something to implant it into your brain. And I'm, I'm not really sure why even standing directly in front of another human being, they would still project to you something with that much of a horrific difference. Like there's, there's no hiding that. And like, they can see that your eyes don't look that way. Why would they visualize it that way? Hmm. I don't know, man. Maybe it's a flaw. Maybe it's a, it's a flaw that they can't, you know, and it's not something I, I believe we're just going down a rabbit hole here. We're going in the woo woo world, but maybe it's a flaw. Maybe they can't cover it. I don't know. Yeah. I have a couple books. I don't know if you ever heard of Whitley Schreiber. Yeah. Communion. Yeah. Communion. And uh, what's the other one? Uh, oh, I there's so it. many. Yeah, a communion's the one that I have right behind me on the bookshelf, but I have a few other ones in a box. And, you know, the way that he describes all his stuff in his books is, I mean, great alien stuff kind of, I'm, I'm at the point now where it's like, if these beings are real, then they can most definitely telepathically communicate with people because we talked, we talked about it a little bit on the, uh, when we talked about, the Zeta Reticula incident with Betty and Barney Hill, how they were abducted by a, a, like a team of guys that were super short, that were wearing black caps. And sorry, my dog is, is crying. At You're good, man. We're in um, an animal friendly <laughs> place, man. <laughs> um, he's, he's looking at himself in the mirror right now. So he's having a conversation, <laughs> but the Zeta Reticula aliens were, wearing black caps and we made a joke saying that they were like the 1930s like chicago white Sox or something like that and <laughs> we we thought it was funny but i i think that they definitely they definitely have some telepathic thing going on because we talk about it in our area 51 episode as well where there was a guy who would talk to a great alien that he would telepathically communicate with and not actually talk to so it's it's really weird and if these things are showing up, but the only thing that doesn't connect it is why would they show up as little kids? And then most UFO things show up like with owls, with gray aliens. I feel, I feel like they would be like super smart. And um, even, even without uh, that, like just basic observation of the planet as a whole, not just humans, but other animals as well says that, you know, the creatures on this planet, have a thing for babies and and juveniles like yeah as grown adults like if you see a child in distress even if you're not a parent your instinct to help them kind of kicks in so uh, maybe they're trying to work that angle it's funny you say that because i have another story of a lady that unfortunately unnamed i wish these people would come out but this is some wild stuff so i understand why but it also came out in a tabloid newspaper as well. But the, the actual guy that, that did the investigating, I guess he's written a few books. But it's not like that out of the ordinary. But it's funny to say that a kid in distress. So in September of 2014, the Daily Star tabloid ran front page stories about a black eyed girl who was terrorizing an area of Kennock Chase. In Staffordshire, England. I don't know if you guys heard about this one. No. This this actually gets really interesting. So, Kennock Chase is an area of the countryside 
it's it's about 20 miles north of Birmingham. And this guy, Lee Brickley, the author and paranormal investigator, he examined this case and he claimed that this woman heard a scream and she thought was a, a child in distress. So she ran around in search of the child. And if you looked at this Cannock Chase place, it's like a, it's just a forest with hiking trails. Yeah, I'm looking but, at it now. Yeah, it almost looks like uh, just south of the Grand Canyon with like Ponderosa Pines. It almost looks, it, it's it's really eerie. Um, I've seen a lot of lore. Of the, there's a lot of lore to this place. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, there's definitely definitely a lot of lore. I mean, the area that it's in has a has a major. I kind of looked it up. Has kind of a the UFO presence is definitely deep in that area. So that kind of ties that everything that I I've looked up kind of has. I've looked up UFO sightings with it to see if there was like a connotation with it, if it was something that was connected. Yeah. But she heard this, this child and she didn't see anyone while she's running around. And then she noticed that a girl dressed in white was standing behind her. And it really sounds like the ring, man. Imagine turning like running around through the woods and then boom, some yeah. chick draped in white. I mean, that's literally the ring. I'm already seeing differences and, in this story. Yeah, a little, a little different. And then she stated, but, and then she stated that the young girl had her hands over her eyes, like as, and she quoted saying, as she was waiting for like a birthday cake, like a surprise, hmm. and was completely silent. And the woman had her young daughter with her, also unnamed, unfortunately. And they asked her if she was all right, which seemed to make her, you know, take her hands off her eyes. And she quotes this that. That's when I saw that her eyes were completely black. No iris, no white, nothing. I jumped back, grabbed my daughter, and when I looked again, the child was gone. It was super strange. Hmm. So that's really that's really weird. And Brickley also has another account where he says his aunt saw this same being 30 years earlier in 1982. But he doesn't give her name. So, I mean, the credibility of it is a little iffy, but... In 2015, a year later or so, somebody was flying a drone over the fields of Cannock Chase. And you can actually see in the background. I'll give you the link for it because you can, I mean, you can look it up. You look up Cannock Chase drone footage on Google or YouTube, you'll find it. Hmm. And you actually see like someone standing there in white, black hair. It's really blurry because it's, it's a drone footage moving quickly, but it matches the descriptions of the alleged black eyed girl. So that's, it's really, it's really weird looking it up. That is so a little side note here. I am doing what I do and doing research while we're recording because I'm terrible like that, but cannot chase is insane. Let's just talk about the weird first, right? There's stories of elves and fairies, werewolves, black cats and these cannot cannot chase murders where three young schoolgirls that that occurred in Staffordshire, England during the 1960s. And apparently their spirits roam there too. I wonder if that's tied into it. It's gotta be, it's gotta be. But yeah. Some really strange stuff going on there. So there's, there's some differences there, right? So this, this girl wasn't trying to gain access into the, anything. They were just, she was just stalking them. Correct. Yeah, this was more, I mean, grudgish or ring. 
hmm. style. Like you're just or Blair Witch, I guess. Like you're you're just walking through the woods and all of a sudden somebody's there. I guess the only way I can describe it, because there's another account where I see like somebody saying that they're wearing white. And actually there there's there's a little bit more to it. There's have you guys ever heard of the the show Rescue Mediums, that like reality TV show with that lady? No. No. Okay, so there's a lady called Christine Hamlet, and she's a Canadian paranormal reality television host. And she claims that, I mean, full-blown medium, she can connect with the dead. So she claims that her gift with the other side, that she knows that the girl is a spirit of a girl who died of diphtheria. I believe I said that right. And during the Victorian era. And a little bit about that is that it it the symptoms can cause like noises blocking the airway that create a barking cough as like kind of like croup, which yeah. really like did that inspire the writing of the grudge? Hmm. Because, you know, in, in the very early in the beginning of that movie, like the popping sounds the thing made with its throat, black eyes, like full, like almost full black eyes. So it it's kind of that's a little interesting that she says that. But she says that other people that suffer from the disease can have paralysis of the eyes, which makes them appear dark. But, I mean, that's not fully black eyes. But still, really weird that that comes up. We're talking about Victorian era, and if you're talking about somebody wearing, like, white cloak or, or undergar or something like that of that era. And, I mean, that's... <laughs> it's really weird. All I can think of in this account is the ring. This is definitely an outlier uh, when it comes to a normal black eyed child story. Um, a lot of differences in this one. So is this one a true black eyed child story? I don't know. This could be something completely different. There are some very strange coincidences here, such as the old clothing, the girl with the black eyes. Uh, but there's there's just too many differences with it. You know what I mean? With the with the black eyed children overall, you only have a, a few differences over the who, what, where, when, and why situation. Like you typically see them like three different things. They're either like aliens, aliens that are involved with men in black, or they're demons. Um, they're either doing one of two things: knocking on your door or panhandling. Yeah, and then well, the whole you can't get in without permission stays pretty consistent. But I mean, o- overall, there isn't too much in the way of differences within the coincidence because like anything that anyone's that's knocking on your door could easily be panhandling somewhere true um uh the only thing is like you know the aliens or the aliens that are working with the men in black that's sort of the same thing they just added a plus one to it so it's not really like a third option it's more like 1.5 and then i mean the demon thing but i i don't know how we i mean well let's talk about the demon thing for a minute because before you get into that I forgot I missed one part of this story from Vermont. Oh, no. Hey, everybody. Bear with us while we take this quick break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greetings, I'm Declassified Dave. I'm Mystery Mike. I'm Slick Frank Sanders. 
Join us on the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour Mondays, where we look into the dark secrets of the conspiratorial world. We'll explore the likes of government cover-ups, the existence of otherworldly beings, unexplained phenomena, and cryptids. We tackle these topics with an open mind, a sense of humor, and dapper drippage. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and listen on all podcast platforms. Okay. Dude, were you talking about when mom and dad showed up? I got it. Yeah, I got into the, the men in black thing, but this was kind of the tie in for the UFO stuff is that in the following months, the woman's hub- husband was diagnosed with an aggressive form of skin cancer. And she didn't go into any like specifics about it, but she began to suffer regular nosebleeds herself. And she convinced she was completely convinced that her husband's health was, and her health was connected to that night with those kids. So that's like a whole like weird thing too. that. That's a, it's kind of a big thing. And I com- completely skipped over it that, but that's like one of the only accounts where you have that. And that, that goes hand in hand with, I guess, people who claim to have alien abduction yeah. in certain, certain aspects. So talking about demons, I'm under the assumption that demons don't necessarily look like this, the demons from the show supernatural. They don't, they're not portrayed as human form with dark black eyes. Now, CJ, you know more you know more about this stuff than I do, obviously. What what do you know about demons and their their physical features? Well, uh the the original word demon comes from a Greek word daemon, which just means spirit. The for the word demon, I think I think was originally applied to that evil entity, enemy of angels and Christ situation. I think that was Christianity that did that initially. But I mean Almost all religious faiths and cultures across the world all have some sort of demon uh, story to them. We have that traditional Christian demon, which is kind of what you see in the show Supernatural, which with the way their eyes and stuff are, I wouldn't be shocked if that show pulled that from the Black Eyed Children story. Uh, Supernatural right. loves to pull stuff all over the place. So, um, But, like, I mean, demon-wise... It wouldn't be super far fetched, especially like with like the monotone thing and the whole can't come in your house without permission thing. Because like we said earlier, like that applies to vampires, but it also applies to witches and demons um, to an extent. And then some people will reach as far as to say like uh, uh, like ghosts and uh, even angels themselves can't enter uh, without permission. So like with them being a demon maybe i i yeah but i i like the alien thing more because i have an easier time believing in aliens having seen two ufos myself and i don't really think i've ever seen a demon or if you count my (laughs) father-in-law We don't. <laughs> oh man, I, I'm not even gonna get started in certain people. <laughs> oh. But no, in all in all seriousness, um, I like the alien theory more. But like demons in themselves as a as a concept is, you know, in some cultures they're good, some cultures they're bad. There used to be a demon, I forget its name. They used to invoke this demon uh to attend like uh while a woman was in labor because that demon would protect the baby from another demon uh some demons are like friendly and like will help you out and give you things others are nasty and they cut deals and steal your soul hmm. you know uh that i mean even the christian demon doesn't always 
uh, lineup. Um, they saw, some people think that Lilith uh, within the Christian faith was uh, the mother of all demons, but and then other people say she was the mother of Nephilim or whatever. And in other things, uh, they were fallen angels, and then in other things, they were just beings that Lucifer created. So the whole the whole concept of the word demon is super vague and super broad if you really think about it. So is it far-fetched to say that the black-eyed children could be a demon? No, but yes, at the same time, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I feel like it's too convenient. You know, it's like it's like one of those things where an urban legend is playing on pop culture. I feel like Supernatural obviously wasn't the first to take a demon, give it black eyes and say, this is what a demon looks like. I I don't have an example, but I wish I did. It just doesn't seem like it's the first case in which that happened. And when when you take an urban legend such as the black eyed children, I think it's just too easy to tie in a demonic presence into it. And I I don't know. It it's kind of a, a lazy answer to the whole thing, in my opinion, if you know what I'm what I'm trying to say here. I I, I totally do, because there's a whole lot of people out there who have like Boucher syndrome in like the worst way. Um they want everything to be a demon. Yeah, I don't like it. It's the devil. <laughs> no, Bobby. Girls are the devil. Like oh, foosballs are the devil. <laughs> foosball. I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, I call, I call that stuff Boucher syndrome. I, I, yeah, it is. It's a lazy answer. Sure. So, what do you think, Dave? Well, I've got one more story. Okay, and this one, this one's actually older. It's 1974. So okay. it's a little bit, a little bit actually before the 1996 account. So, and it's in France. It's in, it's in a, I think, it, I think it's pronounced Ain. It's Ain, France. And the guy's name, they wanted to be known as Elaine G and Patrick V. So these guys happened to encounter these, whatever beings they were. They, and it was originally investigated by authors Joel, Joel Mesnard and Jean-Marie Begorn about two men, that Elaine and Patrick. And, I mean, it's great that we have names, at least. I mean, whether they're fake or not, at least we have something. True, yeah. At this point, yeah. They were driving through their small village, and they turned their car around on the street. I guess they were doing a K-turn. And they noticed uh, a property courtyard, and they saw five figures who appeared to be all looking at them. And the figures were around, I guess they said around four feet tall and were all dressed in the same long garments. So that's, it's a little weird. And their hair was down to their waists and it had solid black eyes. So instantly the ring comes back to me, but like not all, I guess, because the ring is, is a little girl, but mm -hmm. I guess imagine, imagine seeing five people that have that same, after you've seen the movie, you know, <laughs> right. which they didn't, they didn't in 1974, but right. no fucking you know, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And one, one of the figures actually gestured to them to come into the courtyard. So they, they pretty much freaked out, sped away. And it's, it's kind of claimed that they said that they returned later with a, a group of people, probably some friends, but there was no sign of them. But there was a neighbor that said that he also saw the strange figures. He didn't give his name. So that's that's really 
really weird, but also ties into a little bit of the descriptions of the people you saw during the Zeta Reticula incident with Betty and Barney Hill in New Hampshire. Mm, good tie-in. I'm just a... wondering, like, if you're if you're going past a place and you saw that and it scared you enough that you ran away, why would you go get a bunch of people and come back to that place? <laughs> I think it's the mob mentality of of the the olden times. You know, uh, oh, they used to sure. get the pitchforks and the and the fire sticks, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I guess, I, I don't know. I, I wasn't like a lynch mob, and they're just going to go after the <laughs> exactly. monster. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah, let's kill them. Um, so there's another urban legend out there um, about older black-eyed humanoids. Guess what they're called? Anybody want to take a wild guess? Older black-eyed humanoids. Black-eyed people. Close. Close. You didn't have to reach too far for that. <laughs> so, there is another legend of black-eyed humans that riddle the nights of those looking for a good urban legend. Many people have described encounters with people resembling these children, but in the form of many older ages. Some describe running into them in public bathrooms, gas stations, supermarkets, public transits, and even on the side of the road. Now, I don't have any particular stories pulled up, uh, but I, I want to say, Dave, I, the, the last two stories that you gave us, I think they tie more into possibly being these black-eyed people than having the black-eyed children. Uh, because the, the black-eyed children are very, very... Uh, adamant at getting into something that you're in and the black eyed people are are much more menacing and much more public with their with their displays they often will sit there and stare at you they'll scream at you at the top of their lungs um and they'll they'll have all the other same characteristics as black eyed children just older you know and, and a lot of times the clothing are are more modern than older, but black eyed humans or black eyed people, I'm sorry, uh, could, could definitely be the answer to some of these other stories here. Which, which kind of brings me back to like the Daros, you know, if you're living underground, you know, if you're so, if you're fully subterranean, you don't have an interior sun, like we said in the hollow earth episode, you True. know, then, then wouldn't you have full black, you know, uh, more and more iris to let in light, you know, so Don't that would the, the the bioluminescent plants in the hollow hollow earth theory. The, uh, it's like a light source type situation. Oh, we didn't get into that. Damn it. Yeah. CJ's a dude. He, yeah. he uh, man, this is why I recruited him. Might have to do some revisits <laughs> of some things, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I think, I think that, yeah, a few of those stories, but if they are those people, there was a lot of accounts that we noticed. I, and I hate to keep tying into that, but there was a lot of accounts that said, like, if somebody, especially with Richard uh, Sharp Shaver's story, saying that the Daros were uncomfortable in their own skin, you know, so they act, you know, maybe screaming at somebody is acting completely different from, you know, what then they would like laugh uncontrollably if they're around somebody you know about something that's not funny so 
you never know, like the two and they, they could be completely two different things. I mean, the black eyed children could be something completely extraterrestrial and then the black eyed humans or the people could be something that's subterranean and terrestrial. You know, it's really, really weird stuff. The Daros is definitely a very intriguing connection to the black eyed children and the black eyed people. Um, all right. So we, we had kind of alluded to one other possibility that the black eyed kids could be, and that is vampires. What do you guys think about that connection? No, because yep. they, they, they wouldn't snatch you up. Um, well, I mean, let's, let's I mean, they wouldn't leave you alone. They wouldn't leave you alone. Like if you were like, now nah, they would like wait outside. You're like, you got to come out eventually, you know, <laughs> I know nothing about vampires, so I'm going to take your word for this, dude. I would say, yeah, if there was an account where somebody was drained of their blood or turned into a vampire, disappeared, never came back into the night, you know, then maybe I would say you could tie it in with that. Hmm. But, you know, it's it's really intriguing that no matter what the con- there's one consistent point and it's some it, them trying to get into somewhere whether you're you're dealing with the children or the people they're they're they're, they're either floating around somewhere like in your backyard or your garden you know which is it, it's i don't know there's it's really creepy this is the creep one of the creepier things that i've definitely like looked into because like you said before you're talking about kids and that's and i don't know if any of your kids sleepwalk or anything like that but that's my, my girlfriend's son sleep talks and yeah. we have a we have a monitor <laughs> and we hear him and i you know i don't want to get too too personal on it but my dad passed away like eight years ago and he's th- this is not my biological son but he talks to my father and doesn't know his name, but says his what? name. It's strange, man. Kids, oh, man. kids are the weirdest. Kids are the weirdest thing, man. They have a and, link to the veil that, that we as adults lose later in life unless you keep it strong. Yep. All right. I, I got one more story and then we'll wrap it up here. So let's let's take a trip back to uh, Brian Bethel. Just for refresher, Brian Bethel is the guy that we had talked to about at the very beginning as we were introducing the 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 topic of the black eyed children. And he had that run in with them as he was in the, the parking lot at the theater. So Brian Bethel was having a discussion on the online chat on Camelot.com's ghost chat room about his own stories when he released a transcript of a conversation from a personal friend of his whom he claims did not have a prior knowledge of Brian's story. Which takes which took place uh, prior to Brian's actually Brian hearing one of his good fr- good personal friends actually come out in another chat room and describe his own story gave him the encouragement to move forward and and come forward and publish his own stories. Uh, Brian claims that he is taken back by his friends revealing his or his friend revealing his story. Here is the transcript. I'm just going to briefly go over it of John Northwood's experience. Now I've removed everybody else's comments from the actual transcripts and just kept uh, Mr. Northwood's words there. So we, you know, it kind of shortens it down because it's already lengthy. Um, So I'm going to read through this really quick. It's a, it's a pretty creepy story. Um, But I think this is a very good 
example of the urban legend. So John Northwood, and again, every word is going to come straight from him. This is his actual transcript from that, that chat that night. So do any of y'all really believe in ghosts or for that matter, kids with funny eyes shiver, never going again in downtown Portland at night. I was in downtown Portland after a seminar series on software development. I grab a bite of dinner at about 10 PM. And when I left, it was about 11. I'd gotten in my car, locked and belted up, and just started the engine when someone tapped on my window. I was in an above-ground garage on the third floor, so I wasn't too freaked. Good lighting, still some people around. It was one of the guys from the conference, so I rolled down my window and asked him what was up. He wanted a ride around the block a few times, as he was freaked about who was standing outside his car. I figured, so sue me, that it was some of Portland's homeless or some punk kids. So being a good Samaritan, I let him in and we took off. We drove by his car and there were three kids around it, two boys and a girl. The girl was weird, just freaky. You know, clothes and hair and makeup. The two kids were, I don't know, just scary as shit. She was probably 14 or 15. The oldest boy was probably 14-ish and the youngest between 10 and 12. She looked bored and was smoking a cigarette. The two boys were just leaning against the car. They looked way too intense for kids. Anyway, I started itching behind my eyes like I really wanted to look at them. So, like an ass, I slowed down. Big mistake. The two boys sauntered over and the girl stayed against the car. The oldest was on Doug's side, the guy from the seminar, and the youngest was on mine. I made sure the doors were locked. I love electronic locks and asked why they were standing around his car. The young one said, it's scary out there all alone and we just wanted to ride home. The oldest one said, you promised you'd help us out. And Doug said, I don't even know you. By this time, I was really on edge. I felt caught between throwing up and jazzing. Adrenaline does that to me. All of a sudden, Doug said he was getting out of the car and I told him not to. As soon as he reached for the handle, the two kids... I don't know how to say this right. They looked a lot older. Their faces were somewhat drawn and their eyes were solid black. Edge to edge, no pupil, no iris, nothing. Just a liquid black pool. I just about wet myself, slapped the car into reverse and burned rubber backing about 60 feet away. They started running after the car, so I spun around one of the support struts and we took off. I kid you not, I was convinced that if they got a hold of the car, I was going to die and not in any thing approaching a pleasant fashion anyway the oldest one was at the bottom of the garage when we came out and almost made it to my side door we'd gone down from the third floor doing 30-ish maybe 35 around the ramp he'd beaten us down the stairs and onto the sidewalk anyway we left him on the corner and when i turned back nothing he was gone doug just about passed out all of a sudden the feeling of menace left we went back about 10 minutes later nobody was around his car he got out got in his car and drove home he said that he had met the young one earlier in the evening and had said that he'd taken him home and even given him a short ride in his car to the seminar and told him to wait apparently though the older brother scared him so he felt that all bets were off i was behind him about 45 feet when the feeling of menace hit again at that moment, 
Doug misjudged going across an intersection on a yellow light and his car was hit by a truck and he was killed instantly. I gave a police report and the whole time felt really freaked out and very exposed. I got back to my car, got in, locked the door and waited. I saw the kids again from about two blocks away. I'm not making it up. I'm not thinking they were vampires or something like that, but they weren't as pale. They weren't as skinny and they felt a damn sight more menacing. I quickly left. My own concern now, though, is that this upcoming Wednesday, I'm going back to the area for another seminar and won't be leaving until 930. I'm freaked out, people. So that's it. That was the story of Jonathan Northwood. Pretty typical black eyed children uh, episode there. And. This one has one of the is one of the few cases where I've read or uh, watched a, a video on where somebody actually died because of one of these things. That's a long one. It, I, I understand. But I, I felt like because it tied in with, with Bethel that this was something that needed to be said. It was a very dark story. Um, and this is like your just just like the the one in Vermont. This is your stereotypical black eyed children incident. Now you you can scour the internet; it's all over the place. This is basically what you're going to see: something along these lines, something where these kids come up to you, they want into wherever you are, and then as soon as you don't give them what they want, they freak completely out. Sometimes leading into the death of somebody. I'm wondering if, like, the whole death thing, like, what if they're, like, a sort of Grim Reaper? Ooh. Or what if they're Banshees? Tell us a little bit about a Banshee. Well, Banshee's a, an Irish and, and Scottish uh, mythos. Um, they're basically a, a female that died a violent death and comes back and wails as a a, a warning of death. Yeah, a premonition of death, yeah. Yeah, tradition. In more modern times, they can kill you or whatever. But like, realistically, like the in the original story, um, they were either a, a maiden that died violently, and they'll come back and they'll warn you, or they'll be attached to a specific family and they'll warn members of that family that death is imminent. There were other ones that uh, they were females that died a death. Uh, this, these females were of a profession. I can't remember what it's called, but they would like perform at funerals. Uh, in exchange for alcohol, which would be considered a sin. And that's like the two main uh, original tales of a banshee. But they, they warn you of death uh, in, its, in, in its imminence. So like, with these kids screaming and hollering, maybe maybe that's what that is, you know. Uh, but yeah, like I said, they could probably maybe be like a Grim Reaper tor- uh, type of thing. I think the Grim Reaper is very intriguing. Because even the one that, that was in Vermont, you said that her husband ended up passing away? Yes. And then she she had her own conditions as well. That's insane. Okay, cool. So let's let's start wrapping this up, guys. All right. So, Dave, you're our guest. What do you think? Is this an urban legend? Is this real? And if it is real, what what are these things? I want to lean more towards urban legend. But if you're going to take, I mean. I guess, again, the credibility of some of these stories, you know, with no names and you just have dates and locations. But if you want to take some of the things that happen, like somebody getting hit by a truck, that's, I mean, 
that could totally be something that was coincidental with that. But the folks in Vermont, the nosebleeds, you know, I mean, that's, that's a reaction in a whole different sense, like that they were still physically there in their house. And then later on, there was ramifications to those people. So I don't, I'm, I mean, I'm no scientist, so I'm not, you know, that I'm not saying they got like radiation poisoning or there was some weird thing about whatever those kids or entities were that, you know, caused that. But I mean, I want to say more urban legend than the, the only way I can say it's something that's other than urban legend would be something extraterrestrial. Okay. CJ, what do you think, man? Mm, uh, I'm actually, I'm, I'm with uh, our guest here on that one, but I had a couple of ideas about it, but I, I, I like I like the extraterrestrials. I mean, Occam's razor, the easiest an- answer uh, is usually, I mean, sorry, the simplest answer is usually the right one. So you could say demon. All right, that's fine. Uh, but I, I do, I, I like the the idea of them being an alien, just the way things line up and, you know, the effects of human psychic powers on other humans who don't use psychic powers or are used to being around them. Like there are effects that too, such as nosebleeds and things. So the alien thing makes more sense to me. So there's a lot of stories where the, uh, the men in black are tied into the black eyed children. Dave, do you think that Zeta Reticulans and the Daros are the one and the same or are they separate beings? I mean, you never know. See, see, here's the only difference is that the if you're going to take a lot of, I guess, the claims that the men in black might be maybe be the Daros, then they're tall, lanky, pale, and they, they wear sunglasses and suits. So maybe they're covering up eyes that coincide with this, but there are different races of gray alien. So who knows what could be going on if that's in state of reticuli. I mean, there's a lot of rumors and claims that the actual gray aliens that we think of are just like drones or Android bodies that yeah. are just kind of like worker ants, you know? So then, then there's the other species of gray alien that are, I guess thought of as a lot taller. And those are the ones I think you'd probably consider Zeta reticulans. So possibly, I mean, there's, there's a lot of accounts that we found when we were talking about a bunch of different episodes that we did that kind of tie into that with the UFOs is a lot of these accounts is that UFOs come from under the water or from underground. I've always had this theory that, if you're seeing ghosts or not even ghosts, just something that's really strange out of the ordinary, it's probably something it, it it might just be coincidental or it's something that manifesting itself to not scare the crap out of you. It's a little sidebar, but I have a, a really, really close friend that has had a really interesting encounter where he saw something on his friend's roof across the street lost like three, four hours of time. But on top of seeing that there were two deer standing right in front of his door. Boom. That's fucking screen memories. Yeah. So yeah. And along with like the owl 
and he's done a lot of music stuff so he's been on tour but he's had these reoccurring dreams ever since where he has this hand huge hand just holding on his head and he tell he tell he'll tell me about that stuff and it's still to i mean this probably happened in 2009 so it's it's really really strange stuff and it even kind of goes hand in hand maybe with i mean deer have I'm not sure the actual, the term, but like deer have fully black eyes, you know, essentially other than like, I'm sure there's, there's a small portion that's not, but they can see at night way better than we can. And then owls the same. So, I mean, could that just be manifesting, you know, to not freak you out? But, but all in all, if you walked up into my house, doesn't matter. I don't, I don't care if you're eight or 16 and you just kind of knock on my door and don't say anything, I'm not letting you in. That's, <laughs> that's, that's crazy. CJ, what are Bro, you doing, man? Uh, dude, I won't even answer my front door if you haven't called me yet. I can know it's you. You can be like, boom, boom, boom. It's Jeremy, yo, let me in. And I'll be sitting there like, you did not call ahead of time. I'm not home, bro. <laughs> I won't even come. I won't even come to the door. <laughs> I'll turn my TV volume down and shit. Like, so <laughs> I was totally coming into this episodes thinking that these were extraterrestrials, and I and I still do. But the Daros is something that really intrigues me. Um, you know, listening to your two episodes there on the Hush Hush Society about uh, Hollow Earth and Men in Black. The Daros is something that's really intrigued me. It was not on my radar at all. Honestly, I had never even heard of them before you had mentioned it on your show. Very intriguing stuff. I'm going to go extraterrestrial as well. I think that that makes the most sense. But I'm going to go ahead and lean towards. I think that this is more of an urban legend. I don't think that this is real. I think that this is creepypasta. Some extremely weird crap. If if somebody actually goes through one of these experiences where children are knocking on their door and asking to get in and just freaking the fuck out with pitch black eyes, if you if you deny them access, I'm praying for you, man. I really am because that sucks. So if you see like kids looking through your windows and stuff, try to get your attention. Just be like fuck off and close the doors. Yeah, like, shut the shades aggressively. I, shut the shades. Just. <laughs> Just angrily do it. I think for now on, even if one of my kids' friends come knocks on the door and be like, let me see your eyes first. (laughs) That's that's a monster. You little (laughs) monster. All right. So we're going to basically wrap it up there. So Dave, why don't you go ahead and give us a little bit of insight on this uh, declassified discussions that you started on YouTube. So declassified discussions is... Uh, a segment that we're doing where we interview just regular folks, nobody, nobody, you know, out of the ordinary about their UFO encounters or paranormal experiences or anything that's just weird that happens to them. And they, uh, it, it's been pretty good so far. So, you know, if you have anything uh, of a weird encounter and want to talk to one of us about it. It's either myself or Mike or Frank. And, uh, you can hit us up at hush hush society at planetmail.com or, you know, shoot us a message on 
any social media, one of us will answer you. For some reason, if anybody has trouble getting in touch with uh, Dave, just let me know. I'll get you in touch with him. Um, me and Dave talk almost daily, actually. Yeah, dude, I, I have to say the uh, declassified discussions are actually really neat, man. Uh, if you want, if you want to like a quick shot, you know, of something, and you don't want to take up a lot of time, but you want to fit in some really cool stories from real life people, take a take a listen to the declassified discussion. I think your longest episode is what twelve minutes. Yeah, I think it's about 12 minutes. We wanted it to be around 10 to 15. Nothing nothing crazy. Short short listens. Yeah, man. Like you can easily sit down like if you're you know, taking a ride to Walmart or whatever, you can easily get one of these episodes done while you're while you're driving over there and it's it's entertaining, man. You get to hear some people's real life stories about some of the strange stuff that happened in their lives. Uh, I think you're what? 3 episodes, 4 episodes in now? 3 in. We've got about four or five other people in line it's just you know figuring out the schedules and getting people going but you know we there's def- definitely some more but we are we'll welcome anyone right on so let's talk about the hush hush society um recently on your last episode i believe correct me if i'm wrong but on uh hollow earth you guys said that you guys were doing your live episode your your season finale this this season about the Denver airport? Yes. Yeah, we we are doing a lot of subterranean things this season. Uh, with one being the Hollow Earth, which was such an awesome episode to do. And it was an on-the-fly episode because we had something else planned. And we did it, didn't work out. And this thing just literally came out of nowhere. And we jumped in a hole. And, <laughs> and it worked out pretty well. So we... We talked about that, but there's, you know, some things that we talked about in this episode that go along in there, especially the Daros. And we have other episodes planned, you know, I don't want to give any, we don't really have, we don't, we don't put out a, a, a schedule. I don't think you guys either. I think you guys just, just drop the ne- the next episode and mention it in your, in your episodes. But we, uh we ourselves have a schedule like you guys do and we do it season based and some people don't know that, but you know, I, I want to say like, eh, whatever I'll tell you, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to, we're doing an Antarctic episode and it's going to tie into some other things in season three that is either going to piss people off or not piss people off, but Ooh. you know, it is what it is. So Mike's going to hate me for saying that, but you know, <laughs> he'll be all right. He'll be all right. Tell him yeah, to yell at me. cool cool, man uh so i keep hearing about this dapper drippage you guys got some stuff coming out huh yes uh we have an instagram right now it's hush hush apparel at hush hush apparel is how to find it we'll probably be generating a web store with an alternate address or something you can find over there but we do have merchandise coming we've been promising it since the beginning beginning of season one since the end of season one since the beginning of season two and it's taken some time to make the designs and some of them are amazing some of them are tasteful to us and not to you but i hope you buy them when you you see them because we really think they're funny and some of them we really think are, are really awesome so yeah you know be on the lookout really soon i would say probably within the next month or so we'll have something up that's awesome. I can't wait. I can't wait to see some of these uh uh on the line 
<laughs> I can't wait, man. I, my my mind's just floating off as to what you guys could have possibly done that could possibly piss anybody off. Who knows? There, some like, of them are super simple, you know. <laughs> but but when you see them, you go, "Oh, mega oof, dude!" Oh. Like you know, it's and but you know, hey, I've seen worse, so it's oh. it's it's pretty cool, you know. And then you know, the only other things we have going on is March 29th, our live show, Denver Airport. We haven't figured out the secret society yet. We've talked to people and I've talked to you about it, you know, behind the scenes about finding a all female secret society, but we can not seem to find anything right now. So if you have anything, tell if if you have anything, tell Jeremy. If you have anything, tell me or tell Mike or anyone else you know to message us because we are stumped right now. <laughs> There's gotta be something. You're right. I've, I've, I've looked. I can't find anything. It's got to be there. It's so secret. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So secret. It's... Even Google doesn't know about it. <laughs> oh, man. I was going to make a joke. But... <laughs> Let, let's let's talk about the format a little bit about your live episodes. So what can people expect? I know, unfortunately for me, your last live episode, which was the season finale of, of season one, you guys had talked about Dolotov Pass, and you guys also did that as a live episode. I was able to butt in very shortly because I was at work and everything. Um, but you guys do a completely live format where people can post live questions up at, that you guys can answer. Yeah, yeah. It's streamed through... Um, I'm not sure the streaming service, but it's through Facebook. So if you're, you know... A, a Facebook group member you're on any of the social medias you'll you'll get the link when it comes when it comes through and our format for it is we usually cover a conspiracy uh we recap the previous season and talk about some things that we liked or didn't like or maybe even some information that we got wrong and you know go through all that and then we talk about a secret society so those are the two things we always have a new conspiracy and we wing it it's all live so and then a secret society and then we usually have some giveaways uh we didn't have many many hits this last live show but we're hoping we we're, we're very grateful for the people that showed up and and interacted with us and we had a lot of fun with it and it's most of the live shows are going to be like that. I think we might start incorporating like mini games into some of these where we do some trivia between the three of us and maybe trivia without yeah you know we've we've talked about some some other things but it's all gonna it's changing as we go you know and i think the the next live show will be better than the first and the first one was was i think it's success i think i think we did did pretty good with it so we're ready for the next one i'm i'm stoked for it you know denver airport's a a deep one, I guess you could say. That's a wild one. There's a <laughs> yeah. lot there. Yeah. And it ties us into some other things that we're doing, but it's, you know, this has really been a underground season, season for us. Yeah. yeah. You know, between the Vatican and, you know, some real dark, dark stuff, Bohemian Grove. And, you know, it's, it's, 
I didn't really notice that until just now. That's that's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that's well, that's I thought, we plan. <laughs> I thought that's what you guys were doing, honestly. No, no, it just kind of it kind of floated that way. You know, we're we have a a very good idea of what we're doing, and it changes and stuff happens. But uh, it's yeah, this one just worked out that way. I think I think naturally. So the next one's a little all over the place, but. It's good stuff. It's stuff that we didn't hit in the first two, and I am really excited. Maybe we'll start releasing a a, tra- a schedule so people can see. But I really I like the allure of having people come in and listen to what's next. And the only way you know is by liking us on all our social medias or listening to us, which we hope you do. <laughs> Thanks again for coming on. As you guys have started noticing this trend that between Infinite Rabbit Hole and the Hush Hush Society, it's a thing, okay? Dave may or may not be coming back on for another episode this season. Who knows? Maybe there might be a, a hint, hint. It's declassified. Wink, wink. It's, class- oh, it, it's, it's classified information, and it's a mystery. That it might slicked. become declassified later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right but uh cool man if they want to get in touch with you they want to listen to you let's uh let's hear all that so if you want to talk to us first and foremost if you want to hear our sweet sensual voices you can hear us on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, youtube which has exclusive declassified discussions episodes you can also listen to our cryptid chronicles episodes which is everywhere and we actually had jeremy on our first one which debuted on christmas as a little present to all our hushlings about the jersey devil if you want to actually talk to us we have a discord which only two of us are really on all the time so you can talk to us on there we also have facebook instagram twitter and our email at hush hush society at planetmail.com All right, well, that pretty much does it for the Black Eyed Children. Uh, Dave, thanks for coming on today, man. I really do appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me. It was awesome. CJ. Yo. Thanks, man. I'm really excited about having you come on, man. You really fill in a lot of the holes. I I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I feel like some of my ideas are a little wonky and like off the beaten path for what everybody else is talking about, but... Uh, sure. Yeah. And that's literally why I wanted you. We need that. We infinite rabbit hole. We kind of pride ourselves on having different viewpoints on a lot of different things. And I think you fill that hole very, very well. Uh, Jake will be missed, but I think that you're going to do just fine. Uh, and you're going to bring a whole new aspect to the show. And I think you proved that today for sure, but that's it guys. Uh, until next time, we'll see you down the infinite rabbit hole. Hey everyone. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Infinite Rabbit Hole. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so at infiniterabbithole at gmail.com. Follow us at facebook.com forward slash infinite rabbit hole. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash infinite rh. Follow us on Instagram at infinite underscore rabbit underscore hole. We're always looking for someone that has a story to share. So if you feel like you've experienced a strange encounter with something that you can't explain, Reach out to us. Let us know. Come on. Have a good time. Tell your story. 
And if for some reason you don't want to show up on a podcast, send us a letter in our email in a format that we can read to the fans. And we'll be more than happy to read it to everybody. Well, that's all for this episode. We'll see you next time down the infinite rabbit hole.